In Fair Verona's streets, the sun was hot. Late summer was upon the city, and the sun, oh, it beat. It dazzled off the cobblestones, so the beggars groaned and burnt their bare, dirty feet. It poured down on the merchants, so the sweat trickled down their necks on market day. And the great families, well, they were safe in their cool stone houses, cellars deep enough to hold a bit of chill in. But when they did emerge after sunset, the air was still hot and thick. Yes, the heat hung heavy on Verona. Was it this that bowed its citizens' heads? that quieted the normally bustling city, leaving its people whispering in twos and threes before disappearing in shadowed doorways? Or was it death? It had been a bloody summer. Night after night, the streets echoed with the pounding of feet, the scrape of steel. The names of the dead passed from hoarse throats to disbelieving ears. Mercutio, Tybalt, Paris, Romeo, Juliet. A fortnight and odd days had passed since the flowers of the city's youth had finished cutting each other down. Shaken by the loss of so many of their own, the great houses of Montague and Capulet had sworn to end the bloodshed. Great Montague, to prove his offer of friendship, had just three days before unveiled his gift to his ancient enemy. The statue portrayed a beautiful young woman just a breath past girlhood, fashioned in pure gold it stood over the grave of a lady to whom Montague had never spoken a word in life. His greatest enemy's only child, his son's five-day wife, Juliet of Capulet. It was a pretty piece of work, Montague's tribute to his dead daughter-in-law. On this Verona morn, the sunrise glittered off her golden face. The cemetery was empty, but had there been any visitors at that moment, they would have noted the skillfully wrought expression of sadness as she gazed on her love Romeo's statue on the other side of the gate. They would note the pretty poem at the base, mourning her untimely death. And as the first rays of the sun kissed fair Juliet's frozen form, they'd see the word harlot scrawled in black paint across her face. Just on the gown, I prithee, Livia! Lady Rosaline blew a brown curl out of her face. She shook the black gown toward her younger sister for what seemed the hundredth time. Livia wrinkled her nose in disgust and danced out of Rosaline's grasp. Must we really keep our morning weeds on, Rosaline? I am sure Cousin Juliet would not wish it. Rosaline gave up trying to catch Livia and plumped down on her sister's bed. She told thee so, did she? Her shade whispered it from the crypt. Livia laughed and snatched the black dress. She threw it on the ground and began to dance on it. Livia never walked when she could instead practice the latest twirl and dip from court. I, I passed by the Capulet tomb and her ghost whispered, Cousin, do not put on ugly black mourning for me, for I had rather be remembered with joy than with ugly black that will leave every man and woman of Capulet sweating in the summer heat. Also, I wish thee to have my coral bracelet. A talkative shade, our cousin. Rosaline picked up the dress, smoothing its wrinkles. Of course, so she was in life. The sister's eyes met in the mirror. Livia, caught mid-twirl, paused. For a moment, her gaiety faltered and gave way, like a veil tossed back in the wind. 
The orphan daughters of Niccolò Torimo did not weep much. It was one of the few traits they shared. Fifteen-year-old Livia had laughed a great deal these last weeks. A stranger might have thought her unfeeling, but her sister knew better. Livia laughed most when she was frightened. As for Rosaline, the elder at seventeen, her head had not ceased to ache since the bloodbath began. Her temples throbbed anew as she looked at Livia's wide eyes, filled with unshed tears, in the mirror, and the names of the dead began to filter through her mind. Mary Mercutio, sighed over by half the ladies of Verona, slain by Tybalt's sword. Cousin Tybalt himself, so protective of his Capulet kinswoman, fallen to Romeo's blade. Count Paris, kin to the prince, spilling out his lifeblood at the door of his beloved's tomb.